welcome in hockey fans in the desert southwest it is another edition of college hockey southwest weekly as we come at you live from scottsdale arizona and on long island in new york with my co-host paul hornstein who i understand might be feeling just a tad better than he's been in the past but we are college hockey southwest weekly we have a lot of things to talk about Big thanks to Roger Klein and the Peacemakers for providing us uh, a little intro music and a little outro music, if you will, when we end the show tonight. But my dear friend and co-host, Paul Hornstein, is with me. Paul, how are you this evening? Uh, doing pretty good, Scott. I uh, can't complain. Uh, I'd like to, uh, before we even get started with anything else uh, on last week's show, as uh, people may or may not remember, uh, I was not doing too well. Uh, I was having a rough go of it, uh, waiting some test results that uh, ultimately proved negative, thankfully. And uh, uh, people in the uh, Sun Devil hockey community, uh, especially the guys running the, the Twitter feed, uh, reached out to me to just let me know that uh, they were uh, in my corner and, and, and hoping everything would turn out all right. And I want to say thank you very much to those guys. So. So we're we're uh, we're doing okay. I can I can hear a bit of a sniffle, so I don't think yeah, you're back a hundred percent. But but you're a hanging in there, and 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 just so everybody knows, your tests came back negative. So uh, COVID nineteen has not uh, struck you, and I know uh, as we all not. see on the news, Paul, that uh, New York City is the epicenter, and, and and we're all praying for you guys out there because I can't imagine what you're going through in the city. I know you're out on Long Island, but the inner city and everywhere around you uh, seems to be uh, just exploding in the wrong direction. So uh, I do also want well, to tell everybody out there that we've got a special guest tonight. Um, going to be joining us in just a few minutes from uh, Dubuque, Iowa, and what I call the, uh, the direct pipeline from Dubuque to Tempe, Arizona. I'll explain <laughs> it as we get going. Uh, so we're looking forward to having Jack with us, Jack. Muleski is going to join us, the play-by-play -play voice of the Dubuque Fighting Saints of the USHL. Paul, so many different things before we bring Jack in, but so many things to talk about going on with Sun Devil Hockey, despite there not have been a wow. game played in, in over a month. Yeah, I mean, uh, first of all, congratulations to uh, Brinson Pashnuk. Uh, we knew he was going to sign somewhere. Uh, most of us had a, a strong feeling that it would be San Jose and that's where he did end up, uh, signing. Uh, they announced the uh, coach of the year candidates and for the second straight year, ASU head coach Greg Powers is amongst the finalists. Um, and you know, we're still waiting that official board of regents meeting later this week, uh, to get. Uh, uh, what will uh, be her final approval for a building. Uh, and that's all we're going to say about that really right now. I'm going to wait until that have that meeting before I go into it even further. So, yeah. And let's also throw out a, uh, uh, a congratulate congratulations. I should say to uh, Eddie Lack uh, who announced his retirement from the NHL. Eddie'd been, battling some injuries. I know some hip injuries had put him as a volunteer assistant coach for the, the Sun Devils, and I've had a chance to visit with him a couple of times, and we had a nice sit-down visit earlier uh, this season. But, uh, Eddie, uh, I hope 
is going to become a full-time coach at ASU. I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here, but I would love to have him uh, on the ASU staff. I just think he brought so much to not only the goaltenders, but to everybody because he was a very loose personality, which I think the guys really gravitated to it. It loosened up a lot of tense situations in, uh, in and around, uh, you know, a competitive college hockey program. So congratulations for, uh, to Eddie on a great NHL, AHL career. And, you know, let's hope that uh, he stays around the Sun Devil program. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, uh, he had a big video announcement. Uh, I, I saw some of it. Uh, I think he also said something about real estate because uh, that's uh, some of the business that his family had been in before. And, you know, so we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm sure that the, the coach will welcome Eddie to stick around. Uh, as long as he possibly can or wants to, and we'll go from there. A lot of big signings this week too, Scott. Um, uh, the Duluth defenseman Scott Pronovich, who's a Hobie Baker finalist, signed with the Blues. Trevor Zegras over at Boston University signed his deal with the uh, Anaheim Ducks. Tyler Madden uh, going to the Kings from Northeastern. Uh, UMass lost its leading scorer uh, as uh, as John Leonard signs with uh, the San Jose Sharks along with uh, Brinson Pashnuk. So uh, a lot of guys, even though the NHL is down two, guys still signing, uh, guys still going up for awards, and guys still you know uh, making their decisions whether or not to stay. Uh, or signs. So um, it has been a busy week in college hockey, not just uh, as far as ASU is concerned. Uh, so, you know, we, we keep wondering uh, if we're going to run out of things to talk about every week. Uh, <laughs> not a chance. Knock on wood. So, knock on wood so far, that hasn't happened. So, uh, absolutely. And I want to throw out an apology for, for last week. We had a technical glitch, and I still don't know what happened, but. Paul, you stayed on the show. I was off the show, did not know I was <laughs> off the show, and went 15 minutes with Brinson Pashnuk, which uh, I, I'm just pulling my hair out. We tried everything possible to try to recover that audio because it was pure gold. Uh, I've invited Brinson to come back on again. Hopefully we'll get a chance to visit with him again because it's a big step. Uh, he signed a nice contract from what I've seen about uh, – uh, 925000 a year in annual value in his two-year entry-level contracts. So not bad from a kid from Bonneville, Alberta. And, and just knowing Brinson, as we both do, uh, he is going to live up to every dollar that he gets paid because he's just got that kind of a worth, work ethic. Uh, so I have no doubts that Brinson will uh, definitely do that. Uh, in the desert southwest, I also had uh, last night a chance to visit with uh, Ken Bolke from Sinbin.Vegas and Ken uh, is right. very in with the uh, Golden Knights, and they are awaiting word from Jack Dugan, who we all think is going to be the uh, Hobie Baker Award winner this year, to see if uh, if Jack Dugan will sign uh, his contract and join the uh, Vegas Golden Knights or maybe the Henderson Silver Knights as they uh, prepare for an <laughs> AHL franchise. So hockey is not uh, quieting down too much. The games have, of course, but, you know, Paul, as we enter uh, this show, we would have been preparing for uh, what, what would be a trip next week to Detroit, Michigan for, for the Frozen Four. So it's, 
it's a bit disappointing. I opened the show with uh, a song from Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, which is entitled Empty Highway. And every time I hear that, I think of, wow, it's like Roger wrote that song for, for what's going on right now because it feels like an empty highway. Yeah, it does feel – I can only watch so many replays and so many uh, quote-unquote classic games without making myself crazy. Um, I've watched a few – uh, games and it kind of was like I really don't remember that happening. I remember the end result, but I don't remember certain things happening in these games. And sometimes I can watch them, but honestly, it's 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 hard to watch uh, watch unless you're watching for something specific. Uh, obviously, you know the outcome uh, for these games when you're watching them, but you know, sometimes you like, wow, I didn't remember that, or or. Uh, or that looked different than I remember it being. So, uh, but I can only watch so much of those. I hear you. And, and of course, we had the simulations going. They're still going now into the Frozen Four. And the big upheaval was USCHO and, and College Hockey News doing their uh, their own simulations and coming up with different results. But we all got a kick out of it in the desert southwest because we could say that uh, Arizona State pulled the upset over uh, Minnesota Duluth in the West Regional out in Loveland, Colorado, and then were quickly disposed of by uh, Denver. So it only lasted a game, but it was kind of fun just to imagine that, right? Uh, listen, it's you know, it, it was it was it was it was okay. To you know, it's 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 nice to think about. Uh, nice to you to to say, hey, they could have defeated the two-time champions. Um, my buddy uh, from uh, Twitter, Boblin Mavericks, is running his own uh, uh, his own simulations. <laughs> <I bet> he <laughs> is. <laughs> ah, he is. It's 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 all right because I'm listening to him talk to his kid while he does it, and I'm you know I'm I'm watching him do it on whatever NHL game system that they they're using, and I'm watching these guys you know the the the, the cartoon characters check each other and. I'm, I'm laughing my butt off, and I'm like, "Holy cow!" <laughs> but uh, you know, it, listen, it, it is what it is. When you're don't know what's left, uh, I, what do you, <laughs> you know? It, it, at least, it, at least there were some graphics. That's all I. But you know, he's doing, a, he's, he's doing okay with it. Uh, they're putting a lot of hard work into it. So go check those out if you can on YouTube. Here's the, the comical thing about this whole thing is everybody said, oh, it's just simulations until they were actually. Oh, yeah. Results. Well, and then all yeah, of a sudden well, it got personal. Right. I mean, me being serious, a UMB yeah, alum, uh, all of a sudden everybody's going like, oh, yeah, CHN, you're going to be producing uh, simulated championship rings, too. Or are you going to be doing this? Are you going to be doing that? So, you know, if you won, you took it with a. Uh, yeah. You know, we moved on. And if you lost, you're going like, yeah, it's a simulation. It wasn't even close. Uh, one thing I do want to throw out about the simulation versus Denver that I chuckled at, and maybe Jack will get a kick out of this too since uh, since uh, Josh Maniscalco, but was it only fitting that in the game, and in a 2-1 game, that they would have to give a major penalty to Josh Maniscalco uh, of all people? No. Uh, it, it just like it seems like that follows ASU around like uh, – like a sore thumb is like there always has to be a, a, a five minute major and a game ejection for, for one of our players, uh, whether it be three years ago, two years ago, 
last year, this year, whenever it is, that always seems to be there. So I guess the simulation maybe was a little too real for some, but um, we're going to take a quick break, Paul. We're going to come right back. We're going to bring uh, Jack Muleski on with us and uh, the play-by-play voice of the uh, Dubuque Fighting Saints, not far from where I grew up in northern Minnesota, but uh, we're going to talk about that pipeline that sends those Fighting Saints right down here to ASU and some of the real talent. We'll start with uh, with the uh, assistant coach, Mike Field, I think. But let's take a quick break. Let's come back here in just a minute, and we'll uh, we'll dig into it and uh, and have our guest tell us a little bit about uh, Dubuque and playing hockey up there in the USHL. All right. Behind the Mask Hockey Shop, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community, offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right year for you. Visit any one of our three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com. Hi, everybody. This is Jay from Oxyfowl. You probably know our products for being used on your gear to eliminate the odor and bacteria from your sports gear and, and your gym and all that stuff. Um, in, in light of current events, uh, we have uh, switched up and added a new product to our production line. It's called our Have a Nice Day Hand Sanitizer. Um, it is exclusively for use on your skin, whereas our other uh, products have been exclusively for use on your fabrics and, and, and gear. Uh, this product is available here at my shop. It's available on my website at www.oxypow.com. And you can pick it up or we can ship it to you anywhere in the United States. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. No better way to continue a show than with a little bottle of Mexican moonshine or Cancion tequila from Roger Klein. Uh, not only a great musician, but a fantastic Arizonan and uh, ASU alum. So before we go any further, uh, Paul, let's introduce our uh, our special guest tonight, Jack Muleski from uh, the Dubuque Fighting Saints. Jack, how are you this evening? You got Scott and Paul with you here on College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Oh, doing great. Uh, great to be here. How are you guys? Yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're, doing- we're, we're getting there. You know, uh, like I said uh, earlier, I don't know if you were, uh, I was a little under the weather last week and uh, getting better a little bit every day. So, uh, you know, excited to do another show because this is like the highlight of our week. So we're good. That's absolutely, that's good. So Jack, you so- got Scott here in Scottsdale, Arizona, and you got Paul out on Long Island. So when you hear the banter back and forth, uh, Paul is an ASU alum. And uh, I am a University of Minnesota Duluth alum, but I've been an Arizona native now for she's uh, nearly 30 years. So uh, we, we got a little little thing going on here. But uh, I wanted to ask you the first question, and then we'll kind of just bounce back and forth with you. But what, what's this direct flight you guys have from Dubuque to Tempe, uh, Arizona? 
Yeah, um, I unfortunately have not been able to hop on that direct flight. Every time I look for it, it must be sold out or something like that. But um, there was some under the table agreement done when Mike Field decided to go to Arizona State where we would send X amount of players every single year, I believe, to the Sun Devils in exchange for uh, discounts on nice golf courses when we came out to visit. It must have been something like that because ever since Mike Field went to Arizona State, it seems like players have followed and that's a testament I think to what he meant to the Fighting Saints but also to to what the Fighting Saints have been able to to do and produce players uh that that will be wanted by some of the top teams in Division One but yeah it, it is kind of a running joke through everyone that knows the two programs that it seems at least one or two Fighting Saints a year are going to make their way uh down to Arizona State. Okay so this is not news to the to the to the people on the Dubuque end either we joke about it in the ASU circles, but clearly uh, we're not the only ones. No, no, I, I know a lot of people that, that feel the same way, and uh, I'm sure at some point we're going to get a letter from, from college hockey and tell us that we have to spread the wealth a little bit and send some players <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> so let me just, before we get on to uh, uh, the, the the games and the players themselves, uh, for, you know, this is our first Time getting a chance to talk to you. Uh, Penn State, I believe, correct? Correct, yeah. Penn State alum. Um, grew up in the northern Virginia area, which is actually where I'm I'm talking to you guys from tonight. I, uh, I left Dubuque um, shortly after the season was officially uh, suspended and then uh, just went home to spend some time with, with family and have been there ever since. Uh, unfortunate circumstances, obviously, but always nice to be at home. So there's that silver lining, at least in my situation, with everything that transpired. Okay, so you're the radio voice of the Fighting Saints. Uh, in my experiences as I was going through school, uh, and, and I, I believe you've been doing this now for a couple of years, there's got to be more to that job than just doing the radio, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A lot more uh, to that job than doing the radio, which is uh, a lot of fun as well. Um, in addition to the radio, I manage our, our social media accounts. So uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, um, obviously trying to have a big presence there and come up with creative content uh, day in and day out. I do a little bit of sales work, um, but that's primarily on an as-needed basis. Um, and then I also manage our community outreach efforts and all of our media relations. So uh, certainly a lot to keep you busy, even when you're not broadcasting the games. But as any broadcaster will tell you, whether they've made it to the highest level or still just starting like myself, you know, when, when the puck drops at 7.05 or whenever it may be every single night, that's really what you, you worked those long hours for. And so that's the best part of the job, but I really did enjoy and found myself enjoying more than I ever thought I would the other parts of it as well. Okay. So why hockey? Just, I'm sure Penn state, you did more than just doing hockey games for whatever outlets you had. Uh, Why hockey as opposed to one of the others? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I never actually played hockey competitively. My, uh, the extent of my hockey expertise was probably uh video games up until i joined the floor (laughs) hockey league at penn state um and and i i was never good enough to play ice hockey i was a baseball player and i was a golfer my entire life uh but for whatever reason i was drawn to the sport of hockey just because of the pace and the intensity 
and how no matter what the end result was in any single game, you were always going to get a ton of action. It could be a one nothing game and you get a different sort of action than you would in a 7-6 shootout. Uh, and growing up in Northern Virginia, I was not a Caps fan. I was actually a New York Rangers fan, thanks to my dad. And with the center ice package, we would watch all 82 regular season games and any playoff game after that. And so I just fell in love with hockey. It was kind of uh, born into me from an early age. And I just knew that if I went this route, it was going to be hockey and that never wavered. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm with you there on the father who was a <laughs> Ranger fan, but uh, we, we went our separate ways a long time ago and my father could never understand it and he just had to deal with it. So uh, let's just let's just go from there. So <laughs> I, I told you, Jack, you stepped into uh, into the ring with us when we get going on this. But, uh, you know, I, I grew up in northern Minnesota, went to Minnesota Duluth and then uh, and then came down here of all things to uh, to play golf and and not do hockey. So I was thrilled when ASU brought a uh, varsity hockey program on board. And, and I mm-hmm. get a chance on a weekly basis to visit with all the players. And, you know, the, uh, the Dubuque connection, and, and I ask them all that. I, I joke with them first about the direct flight, and then I say, what is it? Is it the style of play between the two? Is it the coaches? Is it, you know, Coach Powers will tell you right up front that he looks for good players. He doesn't necessarily look for the ones that have the, uh, the little NHL logo next to their name. He wants guys that wore letters, guys that were leaders, guys that have a specific style and fit his program. Uh, mm-hmm. From what you've seen at, at Dubuque, is, is that style very conducive to producing a great college hockey player? Yeah, I think what Dubuque has been very fortunate to have, um, obviously in my time with the head coach we have now and Oliver David, but throughout the, the Tier 1 history, it spans back to 2010, is uh, just a solid head coach at the helm, and that's kind of trickled down to the rest of the hockey staff. Um, but, but the one thing that I noticed immediately was, was the culture. Uh, obviously, the, the winning is important, and obviously building a hockey player is important. But the focus on everything else is almost even more important to people involved with the organization than the player on the ice and the hockey product. So they're trying to build people that are ready for – build boys into men who are ready for life outside of hockey. Because regardless of if these players go on and play pros, like we see with Johnny Goudreau, who's uh, putting together a phenomenal career for himself, he'll be playing for hopefully 10 more years. He's still going to have you know, 40, 50, 60 years without hockey being the primary thing in his life anymore. And so that's the biggest thing I noticed in Dubuque immediately was a focus on so much more – than hockey and trying to shape a well-rounded individual so that wherever they go and whatever they may do after Dubuque, they're ready to attack that with a hundred percent all the time. All right. So let's get on the ice now. Uh, the Dubuque players made a, a big contribution uh, and have made big contributions to ASU on the ice. Uh, Josh Maniscalco was, I, I don't think you saw him play, on the ice in a Dubuque uniform, but uh, he's been a big part of what ASU has done. Uh, but you did get to see Jacob Semick, uh, Willie Neerham, and uh, James Sanchez play uh, in the last two years. Uh, just your, your initial thoughts when you got to see these guys play and went on uh, to play here at ASU. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll start with Willie because I actually uh, just got off the phone with him about 
five hours before uh, this podcast went live. I did an interview with him and just caught up with him as well. Um, right. But Willie was uh, immediately the first one on my radar because right. uh, all the fans talked about him being a former player. So knowing Willie, knowing his story, it was kind of cool to see that play out firsthand and for him to have a great successful final year. Um, he's just the consummate uh, leader in the, the locker room. I mean, I, I know that he was a, a junior and a new face in the ASU program, but there's no doubt in my mind that he has the type of personality that it just exudes confidence and, and leadership. Um, and his game is very much below the circles, banging bodies around the net, trying to just create havoc. Uh, and work his way into those high-scoring areas with some gritty play. He doesn't have the best hands. He's not the flashiest player. He's not the quickest player. He even said it, that himself today. He said that everyone knows I skate in quicksand, but you know, he said he's working. He works on all that, and what he lacks in all of those areas, he makes up for in just a willingness to get to the dirty areas and do whatever it takes to to win. So that was immediately apparent with Willie. Um, he's a big dude. With, he is. Yeah. He, you you don't realize it until you see him in person. Uh, even with everybody wearing skates, him that is one gigantic dude, and he towers over people. Yeah, he's Jack, a big wanna, guy, and he knows how to use. Yeah, knows how to use that size too. Yeah, Jack, I want to so. throw in a quick thing about Willie before you go on to the other two. But when I sat down with him for our uh, a weekly Pitchfork profile interview. Uh, I asked him about getting started playing hockey, and he said, I'm going to take a lot of li- uh, ribbing for this one, but I started as a figure skater. And uh, and he said, I'm going to take more ribbing for this is because after a couple of years of figure skating, the figure skating coach went to my parents and said, he's way too fast. Get him out of figure skating and put him in <laughs> hockey. He said, that's the last time I've been told I'm fast in hockey. Yeah, see, I don't know if it was that. That, that might have just been a nice way of saying that no one wanted to lift Willie up on one of those executive moves. So I think that might have been the real reason. I think you're right. Tell us about James Sanchez. Yeah, so Sanchez, uh, another guy that's been tied to Willie, and I know you guys know that story, so I don't have to get into it. But uh, it was cool to see them be able to play uh, last year, or two years ago, rather, together on the same team and obviously continue that into the college ranks. Uh, Sanchez is a player I honestly wish we saw more of. Um, he, he went through two injuries throughout the course of the season, a couple uh, concussions that kept him out of the lineup for a good amount of the time. But when he was in the lineup, he was a dynamic player. He was uh, the sharpshooter that the Fighting Saints needed in the lineup consistently all year long. And again, unfortunately, because of those injuries, um, he was unable to, to be in the lineup consistently. But he really made a, a name for himself, at least in Dubuque, by just setting up on the power play at the bottom of the right circle and just wailing away. Um, and he scored a lot of goals there. And he, he's a, a big body as well, but he's more of a, a skill guy and a finesse guy. And seeing him shooting up the charts scoring this year for ASU on the national charts was no shock to me uh that's kind of what we expected to see from him in Dubuque and just because of the inconsistency and him being in and out of the lineup unable to see that fully come to fruition but uh what he did at ASU was no fluke he's a tremendous player with a lot of high-end skill all right so we had uh, Jacob Semick who uh uh, probably going to have a bigger role on this team next year that uh, now that Brinson Pashnik has signed uh, and graduated and signed. Um, big things uh, came from him right away. 
Um, I was kind of surprised at how quickly and how smoothly uh, he adapted to the college game. Did you guys see that in Dubuque too? Yeah, and he's a player that uh, he's mature beyond his years. Um, so even coming in as a freshman, he, he wouldn't feel like a freshman. He, he didn't even he didn't feel like a, even though he was a second year player when I first met him, he didn't feel like a 17 year old kid, an 18 year old kid. I mean, he was very polished, very mature. And that showed on the ice. And I know in talking with him a lot that season, he was not happy with the overall output uh, from himself personally in his final year at Dubuque. And I think he carried that over into the college scene because he, he definitely had a chip on his shoulder coming into Arizona State wanting to prove something. And, and with him, he's so smooth. He's so calm and collected that the next step, I believe, and I know you already saw it a little bit this year, but when he figures everything out and we he becomes 100% confident in his own end, He's got tremendous offensive skills that I think he's barely scratching the surface with right now. And so that's what I'm really excited to see uh, established in the next couple of years with, with Jacob is being able to become that offensive defenseman that I think he's always been. He's just waiting to, to get fully comfortable in the defensive end. And once he does that, he'll be able to take off with putting up some points as well. Yeah, well, well, he other, definitely uh, looked like his skating uh, was very, very smooth, especially – uh, for freshmen. So I'm um, looking forward to that. You know, Jack, the other, uh, the other one that you have on the roster right now is uh, very familiar to me anyway, because his brother Connor Stewart is uh, here at the, at ASU and, and Riley Stewart. Uh, it was really funny to watch this past summer when uh, he loaded up his car and his mom went with him to Dubuque. And then when you, you, you kind of chronicled their trip to Dubuque, it was really fun to watch this, this kid from from Phoenix going to small town Dubuque, if you will, and uh, and he loved it from all indications. And I know uh, his uh, his uh, uh, family just kind of adopted Dubuque as well. Do you see that a lot with players? Yeah, and uh, it's something that at, at first I was, you know, you, you always are more privy to the information that, that you have right in front of you. So I didn't know if that was something that was unique to Dubuque or was one of those things that people are saying, oh, this is, you know, this only happens in Dubuque, but it really happens everywhere else. But from talking to other people in the, the hockey world, now that I've gotten my foot in the door just a little bit, it really does seem to be a, an immediate connection with Dubuque that other places might not have in the same way. Uh, and I think it's pretty awesome to, to have a small town in Iowa that is able to embrace the sport of hockey as much as Dubuque does. And that's really all the credit to the fans, uh, the, the other members of the organization that don't get talked at about as much, but those are the billet parents and our education coordinator, Joanne Gibson, and our housing coordinator, Amy Edwards. I mean, those are really the people that run the machine. They just don't get near the credit that they deserve. But I think those are the real reasons why people – uh, want to come back another year, play another year in Dubuque, or just simply have such a great experience there is because everyone treats it like it's their top priority to make sure these guys have a great experience. And that shows when they talk about it when they leave Dubuque. All right. Uh, Scott, why don't we take a break uh, and uh, pay a few bills, so to speak. And uh, Jack has seen most of the incoming ASU recruiting class, especially Matthew Copperud, who we'll get a little more detail on because he played in Dubuque last year. And uh, we'll get some more information on some of those guys. 
from someone who's actually seen these guys play live. Absolutely, Jack. You can hang with us for another segment. Yeah, absolutely. Got all the time in the world. All right. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. One of my favorite memories is mountain biking with my dad. Barreling through the woods at full speed, bike tires bouncing off rocks. That was 25 years ago. What's crazy is today at 60, dad still does that. You know, he really made M-Drive for himself. He wanted an everyday supplement that would fuel his drive. Yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. He built M-Drive to support the body, building strength and energy from the inside out. We take M-Drive every day to fuel our drive with more energy and more strength. I think it's amazing what Dad built and amazing what he can still do today. In a lot of ways, he's still the guy from 25 years ago, and he's not slowing down. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. It's available at Walgreens, Walmart, GNC, Vitamin Shop, or visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just use the code DRIVE at checkout. Don't let your age beat you. You find your prime with M-Drive. Always great to have sponsors. Uh, M-Drive, one of our newest to renew, does a special feature with us called What Drives You. It's something that we try to put out once a week uh, during the hockey season and get uh, into uh, the nitty-gritty, the behind-the-scenes stuff of hockey. But Jack Molesky is with us uh, from the Dubuque Fighting Saints. And, and Jack, we, we had a chance to talk about the guys that were here at ASU right now. And and, and there's more coming this way because that direct flight just continues on down here. And, you know, if you're uh, – if you're real nice to us, we'll see if we can book a seat for you. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. I uh, I, I got to come. You want to come January? Uh, Ari- <laughs> yeah, that that'd be great. The last time I was in Arizona was actually for the Fiesta Bowl. Um, I got to cover it at, at Penn State, and I got to golf a couple courses down there. And I haven't been able to get back since. But boy, I've been itching to get out on the course. I, I've only golfed a couple times here in Virginia, but I, I can't get out enough. So. Yeah, if you can find you, you can just stow me away in the luggage carrier somewhere. I don't need a seat. <laughs> well, listen, uh, you know, I guess there, there seems to be enough flights, so uh, or at least uh, ones carrying hockey players. So uh, maybe Matthew can uh, squeeze in some of his luggage before he goes down to Tempe uh, to start the, the, the school year and, and hopefully uh, the 2021 season. So – uh, you got to see Matthew Copperud, who was one of ASU's signees this year, play every day. Um, and the, the question that I definitely have about uh, some of the ASU recruits, depending on the position they're going to play, is ASU's going to have a very loaded team coming back next year. Uh, and I think Matthew's going to have his work cut out for him. Uh, what can we expect to see 
from Matthew on a game in and game out basis? Yeah, well, first and foremost, um, I think you'll you'll see someone that just loves to play the game. Um, that's the biggest thing that was uh, pretty noticeable for Matthew uh, at the very beginning of the season was that he, he always uh, went to practice and went into games with a smile on his face. Um, he, he's a guy that when he's going, he's one of the more skilled players on the ice. I think that's going to be a big key for him in the college level is that you have to be going every single second of every single game. And there were times this season that he wasn't going at 100%, I don't think, every single game. So that's something he'll definitely have to learn. But when he is going, uh, he's got great hands, really soft hands. Um, he, he can work on his getting more power on his shot, which I think a lot of kids at the USHL level try to uh, gain some more speed on their shot when they head to the collegiate level. But he's not afraid to shoot, uh, and that's never a bad thing. He loves to fire pucks on the net. Um, and, and the other thing with Matthew is that, you know, I wish we could have had him mic'd up the entire year, but if we did, we probably wouldn't have been able to broadcast 99% of the stuff that he was saying. But boy, that, I mean, when I, when you talk about a motor, that kid's mouth never stops running. And I'm sure a lot of it's fantastic stuff, but it's, it's definitely all in good fun. He just likes to have a lot of fun. Um, and, Is he a big Kachuk fan? He might be. You, you, have, to, you have to ask him. I, I, I feel like that's, I feel like when everyone else is watching game tape or when they're watching game tape of like the penalty kill, he's just watching Ty Domi and Kachuk just jawing at people and taking notes instead. Um, so uh, is did he do a lot of special teams in uh, this past season? Uh, was he the kind of guy that we could see on a, on a, on a penalty kill situation or more likely to see, say, on a power play situation? I would say definitely more likely on a, a power play situation. Um, Dubuque, th this year the team was very deep, uh, and so there was no real one power play unit and then the two power play unit. It was really 1A and 1B, uh, but he was always on one of those two units that went out there, um, and, and he was usually a guy that worked his way along the, the half wall uh, towards the, from the half boards all the way down to the goal line. Um, so he tried to get his shot off. From, from somewhere right around the top of the circles, but he's definitely got the skill and the hockey IQ to to move the puck quickly and play well on the power play. I think the penalty kill, if he's put on the penalty kill at ASU at any point, that'll be a newer situation for him. He, he only was out there a few times that I can remember uh, in Dubuque, but it's certainly something that I don't think would be hard for him to do. I just think that there were guys in front of him on the Fighting Saints this year that he wasn't going to push out of the way, uh, at least the way the season was going for Dubuque. Was he kind of a sneaky goal scorer? Because some guys are like that. The next, you know, one second the, the, you don't see him, and the next minute they're putting the puck in the back of the net because uh, they come out of nowhere. Uh, is he more of a straightforward kind of uh, player? Or is he a guy that's going to kind of uh, sneak around the back door and, 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 and be there all of a sudden out of the clear blue and take people by surprise? He can do a little bit of both. Um, uh, there were a couple goals he scored this year that were absolutely uh, gorgeous highlight reel goals. Um, I can remember a couple where he curled and dragged a few defenders and then fired a quick shot into the back of the net. Um, there are other times where he'll just sneak into the gap because he isn't one of the bigger players on the ice, so he still has that elusiveness and the ability to to kind of get lost behind the defenders. Uh, but the biggest thing for for Matthew this year, I think, was that you know he was a sneaky goal scorer in the sense that he was never really talked about 
as being one of the top goal scorers on this Fighting Saints team because of all the returning top-end talent to Bucat and guys like Reese Gaber and Dylan and Ty Jackson uh, and then Mark Chirometa, who was returning from the college ranks. But he was right there with all of them in terms of the production all season long. I think he just got overshadowed, um, which, which, if anything, is a good thing because then other teams would have to game plan for those other guys. And suddenly, Koprud, who easily would have been a 20-goal scorer had the season continued, uh, was, was sneaking in and putting a couple behind their netminders. So he, he can kind of do it all. Um, if I had to pick one or the other, I would say just because he loves to shoot pucks so much, he's not going to surprise you uh, as much as some other guys. No, uh, okay. you, um, go ahead, Paul. No, I was just going to say, do you see uh, is, is left wing, right wing more often than not uh, play the middle? Was he more of a wing guy or center, or where did he end up playing most of his? He, uh, winger. he got flipped around um, uh, again because uh, I would say about sixty percent of the sixty percent of the time on the left wing, forty uh, percent of the time on the right wing. Um, and with with him, he didn't play center at all because Dubuque was deep down the middle. Uh, but yeah. what we saw from him was an ability to play both wings, which I think is a, a big key as well, um, not just to be confined to one side of the ice or the other. Uh, and that was something that was pretty impressive to see in his first year in the USHL. I know he had some junior experience before, but being his first year in the USHL, it was, it was really good to see him be able to flip from one side of the wing to the other almost seamlessly. Jack, I, I wanted to, to mention to you and give you a chance to talk a little bit about, you know, down here in Arizona, we have uh, NCAA hockey, then we have ACHA club hockey, which is pretty solid, but we don't really have the junior ranks down here. So our audience is not familiar with, uh, I don't think anyway, the depths of USHL hockey. So can you give us a little uh, rundown? I mean, I am, but I think if you can tell us a little bit about what the day-to-day -day life is for these players, what they do, how many games they play, what their practice, what their what their life is like as a, a member of the Dubuque Fighting Saints. Yeah, it's uh, certainly intensive, uh, especially for players that are, are 16 to 20 years old. And I think that's the first thing that not many, not a, not in a derogatory term or anything, but just age-wise, they're 16 to 20 years old. That's the age range in the USHL. Uh, and, and they're living away from home for nine months out of the year to pursue their hockey dreams. Um, so when we talk about billet family, families that are just volunteering their time in their houses, to, to take these players in and essentially become their pseudo family for nine months out of the year. So they go to classes in the morning, whether it's online classes for college or the local high school, they're taking about three or four hours of classes in the morning. Then they go get lunch. Then they come to the rink, they warm up, they practice for a couple hours. They might get a workout in and then they go back home and they, they have dinner at their houses and then they're up doing it again the next day. And it, it really is outside of uh, maybe if you take school out of it, you're basically living a, a pro lifestyle where it is hockey, 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 you're traveling. Um, there are no jets. It's all buses. So you have a lot of long <laughs> bus rides. Um, uh, yeah, but it's, 
I I know from talking to all these players that it's it's one of the best experiences that you can have in hockey. Um, and a lot of players that go on to the collegiate ranks, you know, speak fondly of their junior experience. But it really is intensive, and it's a lot to balance for for kids that might be just getting their licenses in some instances. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally understand that part of it. You know, we're coming up on an anniversary that nobody wants to remember, and I'm sure you're very, very familiar with that, being in the junior ranks of the, uh, the Humboldt Broncos and that, that terrible bus accident. And I'm sure you guys, uh, you know, spending as much time as you do on a bus, I'm sure that's something that uh, is very near and dear to you too. And, and you probably just, uh, you know, thank God every time you get home safely from a trip. Yeah, absolutely. And you're exactly right. A, a terrible tragedy that uh, it will not be forgotten anytime soon. And uh, I mean, just recently, every single, I think that the bus drivers, again, as I mentioned earlier, when we're talking about the billets and the education coordinators, all the people that make things click behind the scenes, bus drivers are another unsung hero of a league like the USHL, but just all of junior hockey as well. And actually, when we found out that the season was going to be suspended, we had traveled from uh, Dubuque to Youngstown Wednesday night after a game against Waterloo. We left at 11 o'clock at night. We drove through the night. And by we, I mean the bus driver. I was fast asleep. But we <laughs> drove through the night. And uh, we get to Youngstown at about 10 in the morning, hop on the ice, practice, and maybe minutes after practice ended, I get the notification on my phone that the season suspended. We hop back on a bus, we find a hotel, the bus driver sleeps for eight hours, and then he takes us all the way back through the night once again to Dubuque. So, I mean, that alone in a 48-hour span shows you how much these bus drivers are relied on to get guys from point A to point B. And it's 30 people on the bus at any single time, so it really is remarkable uh, what they're able to do and how often they're able to get people safely from point A to point B. And again, leagues like this would not exist without bus drivers who were able to make that, that crazy commute. It seems every single time they have to take a long road trip. Amen, brother. I totally get you. Uh, what's the longest trip? For Dubuque, uh, it is Youngstown. And again, luckily we're, we're very centrally located. Youngstown's about a 10 hour drive. Um, but we have three or four matchups with teams that are within two hours of us. And that's pretty rare for uh, teams in the USHL. A team like Youngstown has their closest matchup three and a half hours away, and the norm for them is nine hours in a bus, and that's our longest trip. So uh, pretty pretty thankful in Dubuque to have a, a relatively short travel distance compared to the rest of the league. Um, but still, when you get trips to Youngstown, when you have to go up to Fargo, eight hours, and usually there's snow there. Um, yeah, those are, those are some long days and long nights. Right, Jack, so, before we let you before we let you go on, I know Paul's got another question for you, but I'll give you my final one. I just want to know you, you touched on it briefly a little bit about the way things ended for you guys, but uh, how did your team and coaches and billet families how did everybody handle and how are they handling this uh, COVID nineteen coronavirus status that we're in? I, I made a comment on our uh, professional show that I thought the NHL did the right thing by using the word pause as opposed to cancel or end or whatever uh, i just thought mentally and and i understand the ushl didn't have a choice and i understand the ncaa and acha didn't really have a choice to 
to use the word pause, but how is everybody doing with that, that thought when everything just ends so suddenly? Yeah, that, that's the thing, right? It was so sudden. I mean, you, you barely had a chance to process the fact that the league was suspending play before the league just completely canceled play. Um, and I was saying the first, you know, 72 hours, it felt like a month because of how quickly everything transpired. Uh, I mean, we were, the NBA hadn't even suspended play when we started playing that Wednesday night against Waterloo. And then 48 hours later, we didn't know if we were going to play again. And ultimately that was the case. Um, I think the guys handled it as well as they possibly could have. I mean, it's always disappointing when your season ends uh, as abruptly as it did here. And it's especially disappointing when everyone in the organization felt that there was a real shot to win it all this year. Um, uh, we were the second best team in the USHL points wise at, at the time that the season was canceled, uh, only Chicago ahead of us. And it was, it kind of seemed that all season long, we were destined to go to the Eastern conference finals and face off against Chicago and, and winner of that felt like the favorite in the Clark cup final. Um, so I, I know the guys are all processing it in different ways. I've been talking to a lot of them over the past couple weeks and, and right now it's just, you know, they're sad that the season's over and, and they're just looking to get back to any sort of hockey as as we all are. Um, I know the coaching staff and talking with Oliver David, it's business as usual for them just a little bit earlier, but they're already preparing for the USHL draft, which happens in early May. And then hopefully for our main tryout camp, which happens in early June, if everyone's able to uh, be healthy enough to participate in group activities by then. Um, but But I think the suddenness of it was it was shocking for for 72 hours and then once you had some time to reflect it was a lot of wow what if this season could have continued because i think everyone knew we had something special on our hands okay i'll let paul finish right, well, up the question uh, the, just se to, the second uh, half uh, paul just one second yeah, the second half yeah. on that jack because i just want you to uh to touch on how is everybody doing personally everybody okay and nobody's uh, come down with the covid19 at this point as far as you know no, absolutely. I appreciate you asking that. Yeah, for, for what I know, everyone is uh, definitely okay. Um, and, and yeah, we're just hoping for, for good health for obviously not just our team, but really anyone. It extends past the hockey world at this point. I know the hockey world is a small, close-knit community, but it, it just extends to everyone. I mean, well wishes go without saying at this point. But, you know, the, the biggest thing is the reason the season was, was canceled was because we want to have a next season – on the same timeline that it usually is. So I think the, the sooner that people just get on board and, and hunker down for a couple months, sacrifice those couple months to get back to normalcy. Um, but right now everyone's in good health with Dubuque. And I know that I can echo the statements of the entire organization by just wishing good health for, for everyone right now at this time. All right. So just uh, in, in these final moments, uh, you actually got to see uh, obviously not just Matthew Copperwood play, but uh, most of the incoming ASU recruits uh, play this past season. Uh, if I could just get a, if we can just get a quickie uh, synopsis on some of these guys, uh, if you don't mind. Uh, first, one of the, the big guys that ASU signed was Ryan O'Reilly from Green Bay. Uh, quick impressions on him. Yeah, uh, big guy, like you said. Um, he's a, he's a power forward. Uh, one of the heaviest shots that I, I saw in the USHL in the last two years. 
Um, and, and a guy, when he gets to that next level speed-wise, he's going to be a real threat at the NCAA level. Uh, they signed uh, Michael Mancinelli, and I'm pretty sure I got that right, or my family would probably disown me, uh, <laughs> playing at Des Moines. Uh, what about him? Mancinelli, um, a lot of high-end skill uh, in, a, in a smaller package. He, he's starting to – I think that's kind of what the new wave of hockey players looks like is uh, anywhere from six foot to 5'9", but a whole lot of speed and skill. Um, I know he got off to a really slow start as compared to what he did last year with uh, Fargo and Des Moines, but he's got a lot of top-end talent and some really, really crafty hands in tight. Um, Benjamin, Benji Eckerly playing with uh, Tri-City, played uh, uh, with, or at least grew up with Mancinelli in Michigan. Uh, quick thoughts on him? Yeah, I got to see Eckerly uh, early in the season twice. Tri-City, we played them twice before the middle of November, and then our season series was them, uh, with them was over. Um, I believe Eckerly only played in one of those games, but in that game, he was a very physical presence, uh, at least against the Fighting Saints. It made it really tough to play um, in the offensive zone. He was always tight-checking, uh, playing the body well, and really just sound positionally from what I remember of that game as well. All right, and finally, uh, the, the goalie Cole Brady, who was a draft pick of the New Jersey Devils, uh, played at Fargo. Uh, I, it, I would imagine at, at, at a lot of levels it's hard to evaluate goaltenders, right? Yeah, I think it's very hard to evaluate goaltenders. Uh, but Brady was was one of the few that had some pretty darn good success against Dubuque this season. Uh, Fargo was one of two teams that Dubuque wasn't able to get a win uh, against at any point this USHL season, and especially in the first game. Uh, Brady stood on his head. I think he made 32 saves, 32 or 33 saves, a couple highlight reel saves. Uh, he's got great size. He's got good lateral mobility. Um, and certainly, at least in that game that I saw the first time Dubuque played Fargo, the ability, as you need in a, an elite goaltender, to steal a game when your team doesn't have its best stuff in front of them. All right. Well, listen, right. uh, Scott, unless you got any more questions, I just want to tell Jack thank you very much. Appreciate all the time he gave us, and uh, hopefully uh, you'll join us again. Absolutely, Jack. Thank you for your time, and if you need anything from uh, – from Arizona, yeah. including that plane ticket. We'll do what we can to get you down here in January when it's, what, maybe zero or a little below zero up there in Dubuque. We'll uh, we'll welcome you warmly down here. Maybe maybe the best time to come for you Super Bowl weekend so you can see the Phoenix Open and all that good stuff. Yeah, that would be great. We can just uh, post up at the 16th <laughs> hole and uh, imagine hitting shots as good as that because I know for a fact that that's all I'll be doing is imagining those. <laughs> Jack, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for sharing all the insights. Best of luck to uh, you and the Dubuque Fighting Saints in the future. Stay healthy, stay safe, and most importantly, stay at home until this all ends. Yeah, absolutely. You guys as well. Stay healthy, stay safe, and uh, thanks for having me again. No absolutely. Problem. All right, Paul, we've we got the inside now. We got the inside scoop. Let's take one quick break before we come back and wrap right. things up tonight. Uh, we'll have uh, a quick listen from our friends over at College Bar and Grill. Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion at College Bar and Grill. Located across the street from the iconic A Mountain and Sun Devil Stadium and a quick walk from Wells Fargo Arena, College Bar and Grill is your home for the best local craft beer, 
delicious creative cocktails, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State Athletics. College Bar and Grill. Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion. Online. Behind the Mask Hockey Shop, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community. Offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com. All right, we're back. Scott Strandy here in Scottsdale, Arizona. Paul Hornstein out on Long Island, New York. Uh, Paul, the last day of March, and I think you're probably going to echo my thoughts on this, is good riddance to the month of March is what it's done to everybody in the world and the hockey world, the sports world, and, you know, in general. So let's welcome April in with uh, open arms and hope things get better. Well, you know, it just, uh, unfortunately, it is what it is. Uh, you know, like I said uh, earlier in the show, uh, one of my coworkers actually does have the, the COVID virus, and I know he's uh, struggling right now. Uh, he's not really in any danger, so to speak or at least not at this point, but he is definitely uh, having a rough time of it. Uh, and we were on parallel paths for about a week and a half, and uh, he has it, and I don't. Uh, or at least uh, if the test was inaccurate, uh, it was a weak enough strain or my immune system was good enough uh, where I've been able to fight it off uh, or whatever vi- whatever upper respiratory infection I may have had. Uh, but you know, it's, 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 it's pretty scary because my, you know, my coworker is a pretty healthy guy and he's really struggling. So I can only imagine, uh, people who were not in as good a health as he is and was. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's tough because, uh, you know, these doctors and these nurses, uh, they just can't do enough for him. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, when, when this is done, uh, people have respect not just for the doctors and the nurses, but uh, the, the people doing jobs that you're not even thinking about, like working in the grocery stores and working in the pharmacies and, and, and those kinds of things where, you know, they can't work from home. So, um, yeah, a big shout Absolutely. out to those guys. Absolutely. I'm going to let you wrap things up for us tonight, Paul, by uh, giving a little rundown of all the people that help us put this show on and all the people that are sticking with us. And I'm going to shout out before you get into your role of uh, welcome right. back Jesse Ray's because they were closed for a couple of weeks uh, just to, uh, to try to calm things down on, on the front in Vegas. They opened back up again Monday. So welcome back Jesse Ray's barbecue. And on the flip side of that, our friends over Behind the Mask officially announced that they're going to close indefinitely due to the, uh, the governor's order to uh, shelter in place, essentially, here in Arizona. So Behind the Mask is down for a while. Jesse Ray's has come back. Um, it's just yeah. kind of the way this thing rolls, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, but, you know, our friends there, they're still going to be open. Uh, I'm, I'm sure Behind the Mask will... Well, well, has their website working and you can still get stuff that way. Uh, so, you know, do the best you can uh, support local businesses uh, wherever you might be listening to this and college hockey Southwest weekly 
has been brought to you by Sprint, the best phones on the best network, a brighter future for all. Uh, by our friends at College Bar and Grill, uh, get some takeout. I don't know if I'm, sh I'm sure they'll deliver too with Grubhub and all these other places uh, at 740 South Mill in Tempe. Uh, Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila for the best margaritas and more. And let me tell you something. Uh, right now, a lot of people can use a, a whole bunch of margaritas. So uh, go uh, order some of that stuff online, too. Uh, Jesse Ray's Las Vegas, People's Choice Award-winning tastes. Uh, call them up. Get yourself a, a pickup. Get yourself a delivery. Uh, behind the Mask, serving the Valley hockey community for over 25 years. Uh, our newest sponsor, Summer Skates, for shower shoes, koozies, and more. Show your game in comfort. Uh, get some shower shoes, and I'm looking forward to passing out a whole bunch of uh, koozies for the summer. Uh, Oceanside Ice Arena, home of the Junior Sun Devils, by OxyPow, the natural way to clean and deodorize your office and equipment. And check out the newest product, our natural hand sanitizers, by M-Drive. It's about energy, stamina, recovery. Go to mdriveformen.com. Use the promo code ICETIMESW. For 20% off at checkout, buy the ice den in Scottsdale and Chandler. Practice home of the Arizona Coyotes and home of the Coyotes Youth Development Program. College Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. All right. As I leave you tonight, Paul, one final shout-out to our fantastic photographer and graphic designer, Zach Bondurant. What a terrific job he's been doing uh, to continue to put out great pictures Great photos, great stuff for us. So shout out to Zach. I know uh, that he is a uh, avid listener of the podcast and a big part of what we do here at Ice Time Hockey Southwest. Let's uh, end it out with uh, another Roger Klein mix, which I think we all need right now, and that's Hello New Day. Paul, be safe on Long Island, and we'll see you next week. See you next week.